Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Witch Hassle. I am, of course, your intrepid host, Melikor Finstrap, and I am so pleased today to be talking with Michaela Ann, also known as Saturn Vox, about the old man himself. That's right, we're doing another Altered States on the program, this time dealing with Saturn and it feels very fitting that this episode is coming out on Ash Wednesday, because Mardi Gras and Ash Wednesday, or Ash Wednesday Eve, if you like, both really, I feel like, capture sides of Saturn, right? Mardi Gras is Saturn as Pan, Saturn as Saturnalia, Saturn as, as Carnival the Flesh, right? Uh, Saturn as the material world, as the fecundity of the universe, as the bright lights and fruit that is ripest right before it rots of this wonderful transient place where we are incarnate beings. And then Ash Wednesday is, you know, Saturn as somberness, as ash, as giving things up as restraint, right? Because Ash Wednesday, of course, is the beginning of Lent for those who, who do Lent, uh, which I think I'm going to do this year, but I haven't really given much thought to what I'm going to give up don't really give myself a lot of little pleasures anyway. Kind of trying to counteract my my general ascetic impulse. Uh, so maybe I'll give up asceticism. Is that too twee? Eh, probably. Anyway, it's a great episode. I'm a huge fan. If you... I haven't actually done the editing for the Patreon snip yet, but um, my suspicion is that if you uh, join the Witch Hassle Patreon at um, patreon.com slash witchhassle at the $5 tier, the version of the episode you get, the full version for this one, is going to include Michaela Ann talking about Satanism and talking about Hecate, which doesn't really come up in uh, the abridged version, I think. It, I mean, it doesn't exist yet, so I shouldn't be talking in the present tense, but I think it won't come up in that version, which is already recorded but not yet compiled. Um, time is fake. So without further ado, uh, here's my conversation with Michaela. And Michaela uh, currently provides psychic readings and spiritual guidance to her community of New Orleans at Botanica Macumba every Wednesday from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, they're also the host of the Saturn Box podcast. Great podcast. Check it out. I was on there once. And Michaela has also uh, worked at famous psychic powers around New Orleans, such as Bottom of the Cup, Hex Old School Witchery, Omen Psychic Parlor, and Hands of Fate. And I should mention, you do not need to be geographically present in the city of New Orleans. If you want to get a reading from Michaela, you can get it on the internet from Michaela's website, which is saturnbox.com. Before we get to the interview, I don't think there's any housekeeping I need to cover, so just check in with you. Hope you're doing well. Feel free to write into the program and tell me how you're doing. I, I just started my second, my final semester at grad school. It's very exciting. And I figured out what my capstone project for social work school is going to be. And appropriate to the Saturn episode, it's going to be about grief. Also, actually, I forgot to mention during, I think, the Mars episode that, you know, I'm making playlists for each of these planets. There's one for Mars, which is in the show notes of that episode. There's one for Saturn. It's in the show notes of this episode. So do feel free to check it out. Uh, the Saturn one, because I like Saturn a lot, so that is the one that I started doing first. I realized, though, you know, in listening back to this conversation with Michaela, that I really did lean into kind of Saturn as heaviness, as weight, as, as restriction, as 
you know, the devil in the bad way. And there hasn't really been much in there about Saturn as fun, as Carnival, as, as, as the, the sweet, soft earth from which all things spring. So I might try to rectify that. But, you know, it's a link to a playlist on Spotify. I can fiddle with it forever if I want to. Truly, it could be a prison of my own making. That's fun. Hmm. Here's the interview. Here it is. Okay, never mind. I've decided to blame everything on Mercury, still. Um, especially uh, buying the wrong book in the wrong language recently felt very... You know, Mercury doing its thing. Oh, I saw that. You got the book in German, and it was the Orphic Hymns, too. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> I started reading the Venus one out loud, and uh, German, I don't normally, like, sign off on the whole idea of, like, German sounds gross all the time. I think it can be very bubbly. It sounds like being drunk a lot of the time, which I rather sure. appreciate. But the hymn to Venus in German is just not, it's, it's not too beautiful. many, too many train wreck consonants. It's just not. It's not great. Um, so there's something I want to ask you, and it feels like the most superficial question to ask you, but it might actually be secretly the doorway into something very deep. And so I'm going to do it. When did you become the Saturn box? And why did you choose that? Did Saturn tell you to do that? Oh, I, I love this question. And in true, in true Saturnal form, it involves taking a trip through time yes. and, and the dynamic nature of time. So when I was about 18, I started doing circus arts, specifically hula hooping. Mm. So I would hula hoop and with like single hoop, double hoops, on fire, not on fire, at the club. This was like my life pretty much 24-7 to the extent that like there was a whole group of people in Atlanta, my hometown, who just knew me as like that hoop girl. But so one of my friends sent me this meme one day and it was Saturn winning a hula hoop contest. <laughs> and they were like, this is you. It's you. So that was actually my first introduction to Saturn was just me and Saturn both being hoopers and I didn't want my family to be able to find me on Facebook so I changed my Facebook class name to Saturn Web because I also really like spiders so my name on Facebook was Saturn Web and then that was what people started calling me as like my performer name and it kind of became this thing until I moved to New Orleans to go to school and I like took it off the Facebook and made it the Facebook much more professional because I was like not a club kid anymore. I was a professional college student now. Um, and so, you know, years pass. I graduate college. I started working at one of the magic shops in the French Quarter. And then I transitioned from there to reading tarot in the French Quarter. And I'm like getting frustrated about basically still being beholden to the man like mm. having to split my dollar yeah. and how can I not be a servant to somebody else's profit so I decided to try my hand at creating like an internet 
presence for my tarot. And this was actually in 2019. So it was a auspicious move because obviously we all know what happened in 2020. But when I was talking to one of my longtime best friends, probably been friends with her for over a decade, we met at the club. Actually, we met on Tumblr, ironically, but we also met at the club. And I was like, what should I call my tarot business? And I do not know very much about astrology at this time. Like I knew the basics, but I didn't know. I, I didn't even know the difference between like modern and Hellenistic astrology. So like I'm still acting under the assumption that like Aquarius would be ruled by Uranus, not mm. Saturn. So it had nothing to do with me being Saturn ruled. She said, you should call your tarot business Saturn Web. And my boyfriend at the time was like, that's too silly. You should call it Saturn Vox, like Saturn Speaks. And I was just like, sold. Okay. And that was how it happened. And it was actually Sasha Ravitch, maybe like a year later, who like looked at my birth chart and was like, okay, so you actually are just like incredibly Saturn ruled as a person, no matter like how we cut this or what planetary rulership system we use, you are still Saturn. So that was my introduction to Hellenistic astrology and realizing that Saturn loved me, apparently. <laughs> That's great. I, I love the idea because like, there's always that sort of idea. I like, lost what is... you, Cooper. Oh, no. You came back, though. I'm back. Thank God. Can you repeat the question? Actually, I didn't even ask. I was just sort of like responding with glee because like, you know, there's so much about the idea of like uh, magic is intention. It's like, but whose intention? Whose yes. intention is the magic now? Very exciting. Okay. So you felt it's funny. So you fell into Saturn. So when you realized that like Saturn was someone you actually had like a real connection to, what did you like? What did you do? What was the move? Was it sort of like, okay, I don't need to force this. It's sort of naturally occurring. Or was it sort of like, well, now that I know this is happening, it's time for me and Saturn to really get to know each other. It was definitely the latter. Like, it was definitely a, I have to study what this would even mean type of thing. Mm. Um, it's hard, hard for me to remember what I first did. I guess I started reading the Greek myths like Saturn in, in the Greek myths, Saturn in the Roman myths. So I've started comparing and contrasting Kronos as time is actually super synonymous with the Roman conception of Saturn, but they became synchronized with each other over time. Hmm. Like the Roman Saturn was not actually related to the concept of time originally that became associated with him after the synchronization of Kronos and Saturn. But then I started reading the Geotish myth, the greatness of Saturn. That is my real go-to understanding for Saturn at this point is just, I prefer the Geotish perspective. But I think if, if anything, there was a lot of self-reflection that I started to do as well. Like realizing that I was ruled by Saturn brought enormous relief into my life in a weird way because I stopped judging myself for my Saturnal qualities. 
Mm. I stopped um, being like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just fit in? Or like, why can't I just like get along with people? Why do I have to be so depressed all the time? Like, why can't I be normal? And then I'm like, oh, wait, I am normal. There's just like a lot of different fucking expressions of what being normal means. And that's okay. So I think it's been, I think the most I've gotten to know Saturn has been by getting to know myself, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I love that. Also, I always love permission to be weird, right? Because I feel like that's the yes. thing that people always say when someone famous dies, you know, oh, RIP, uh, Burgess Meredith, he gave me permission to be weird. <laughs> wow, that's that's the one that my mind jumps to is Burgess Meredith, whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> but what is it about? Okay, so if it's the geodish myths that really got you what is it about the geodish conception of saturn that really like makes it the one that you like what makes it truer i think that when you just view saturn through the greek and roman myths he comes a, at first like you have to really sit and meditate on it because i have a lot of ideas about saturnalia that open themselves to a more holistic view of saturn but just on average, people are like, oh, you know, he's mean. He eats his kids. He's jealous. He's going to hurt me. And I don't like him. And I think that that's like fair if you're just reading like Saturn devouring his son and stopping there and being like, okay, well, he wants to destroy everything I love, you know, and I, I don't see him that way. In the greatness of Saturn he expresses remorse and pain and compassion for having to cause suffering. He, in my mind, the way that I read it, it sounds very much like he regrets ever having to hurt anybody ever, but that he knows that this was his lot. This mm. was the job that was assigned to him was to delineate time. And when you create boundaries, you create a dualistic impression of things. To have life implies death. And you cannot have one without the other. Saturn, in my mind, loves life. But by loving life, he has to cause some things to die. By loving us, he has to act like a stern parent and make sure that we you know, remember to be humble, make sure that we, you know, examine ourselves deeply in these moments of suffering is almost the only time that you're ever truly able to see yourself. Because if you're in this state of like, everything is going great, my life is awesome. What impetus do you have to sit down and examine who you are, what you truly believe, why you do the things you do? Because you're just like moving on this like luck wheel. You're not yeah. really thinking about things from a deep perspective. Do you? So here's the thing that I worry about as another Saturnine person. So I'm going to put this in front of you and you can, you know, tell me it's wrong or whatever you want to do. I worry sometimes with Saturn and the love of Saturn that there is this search for the meaning or the good in all kinds of suffering. And there sort of becomes this idea that like, you can't just say like, maybe I, maybe the suffering is just suffering. And maybe I, I don't need to completely 
metabolize it. Do you find do you find you have to sort of set that kind of do you have to set boundaries with Saturn or against Saturn? I don't. And I don't know if it there are some times that I I wonder if I have a different relationship with him just because like my Saturn is in a Saturn ruled sign. So not only am I ruled by Saturn, but Saturn is happy in my chart. Mm. Some people are ruled by Saturn and Saturn is very unhappy in their chart. And so that's going to create a very different relationship that they have with the planet. However, the way that I look at it is very, very much like I find meaning in my suffering. That's what heals me. Finding meaning in my suffering is the only reason why I don't self-destruct. Mm. And it this could also be, well, I have Saturn in the ninth house. So, of course, my method of dealing with Saturn is going to be by philosophizing him, theologizing him, mysticizing him, you know, because that's what that is already what he wants of me, you know. However, I don't think Saturn wants me to be sad forever. No, I don't believe that. I do not believe Saturn wants anybody to suffer forever. And that's a part of, again, what I was saying about the greatness of Saturn mythos and how he actually apologizes and expresses deep compassion to the person experiencing the Sati in that myth for having to have gone through any pain at all. So he clearly doesn't enjoy it. I don't think he's just like, yeah, learn to suffer. I do think that we all should learn how to suffer better. I think suffering is just unavoidable unless you learn how to accomplish complete annihilation of ego. And I really feel like pop out of existence at that point, Mm. you're going to experience suffering. So how do you deal with that? That's what I think the Saturn transits are for. They're for you learning how to carry the weight. He acts like, I don't, this is another thing. I do not think that Saturn is the weight. I think Saturn is the task master. The one that's Mm. like, this this is the weight that you need to carry. And he kind of acts like a, a depositor of the weight onto you. But then you are given the choice. Do you rise to the occasion? Do you carry the weight with grace and dignity and humility? Or do you throw a temper tantrum and just sit down on the ground and say, I'm not going to keep moving. Take this weight away from me. You know, it's all up to you. And then therefore you can either liberate yourself through the Saturn transit and reach a whole new state of authentic being. Or you can continue living the same repeated cycles of self-damage that you've been repeating since childhood most likely you know yeah that's interesting okay so because we were mentioning the idea of like saturn being both sides of the duality right and almost sort of the idea that you you the dividing line that creates the duality you're not suggesting that we you know see that and then like recollapse the duality or we we step outside of it enough to understand it that we're actually we we keep the duality, but we navigate it now. Yes, and I think that's ties in really well with my observations of Saturnalia. So Saturnalia was the time that in Saturn's temples in Rome, they would unchain his feet. All the rest of the year, they have his feet chained. He's back, 
bounded. He is bounded. People are always like, Saturn bounds me, but Saturn is bound. That's because Saturn is really undifferentiated chaos. Before he became who he, before he was bound, everything was chaos. Everything was ecstasy. And I think this is Saturn as the devil, Saturn as Pan, Saturn as Capricorn, right? Saturn is Lord of the flesh, carnal, desire, craving. When, sat, when they would remove the chains from his feet, he was said to dance and the dancing would create like, you know, rumbles in the earth. And so the way that people would deal with that vibrational energy was by having an orgy throwing a crazy party and, and, you know, let loose, let loose, let us off of these chains. Let us stop with the duality of right and wrong and just say, I'm going to live, I'm going to live in this moment, but you cannot have society. If you do that, if Saturn never gets bounded, if they don't put back on the chains, people will just continue in that ecstatic dance and they'll never be able to create something long lasting, which is also what Capricorn wants. It's also what Aquarius wants, is how do I create something that's going to stand the test of time? Well, it needs boundaries, it needs restrictions, because if I just let it be, it will consume itself. This is reminding me of something that came up the last time we talked in one of these kinds of settings, right? Which was, you had mentioned sort of during the pandemic, you were moving away from anarchism and toward a kind of communism. Mm -hmm. And I know like anarchism is not the absence of of rules. It's like self-rule, I feel like at its at its finest. But do you find yourself, does Saturn, is Saturn guiding you <laughs> further toward the other side of the little square that they put on the internet all the time? I think so. Like, I mean, and this, this is also maybe a, a big difference between, you know, me being a Sagittarius and then me having all these Aquarius placements because the Sag wants ultimate freedom. I want ultimate freedom. I want all beings to be liberated. I do want that. I've always wanted that. But the more I get older and the more I think, think about these things, the more I'm like, people just like aren't ready yet. They're not ready yet to have undifferentiated freedom. I thought that the pandemic was a really good expression of this because it was like, yo, literally wearing a mask is not that hard. It's really not super simple, really not that invasive, honestly. And it's really uh, beneficial to helping your fellow human. And so many people were like, my freedom, my freedom. And I was actually also shocked. It's not like a part of me expected this, but it was another one of those, like me realizing that I had to let go of my undifferentiated freedom mentality was when people were like, I'm not going to get vaccinated because my body, my choice. And I was like, are you? They were like, if the government tries to mandate vaccines, how dare the government do that? Whereas I was like, no, the government like should mandate vaccines, actually. That should happen because you people are too stupid to go get it unless they do mandate it. So I don't know. Yeah, I've become more of a person who believes in rules, but also... I, I also simultaneously want to break old rules that I had for myself. And I think that's a part of Saturn being a, a duality and, and me kind of coming to understand him as both devil and angel, like of the flesh and beyond 
time is that like we can have what we want as long as we are disciplined as long as we work hard no don't grasp at it like that's the time thing maybe you'll get what you want and you'll have it for a while and then it'll go away okay everything is impermanent but that was really cool while it lasted right Ideally, you build something that lasts a long time, but it also takes a long time to build that. And that's another part of the suffering. Right. We buy we buy the future with the present in this really terrifying way. I want to talk to you a little bit because you so you studied Catholicism in Rome. Yes, and that's I a, did. and that's like a to me, that's an interesting and scary idea, just because when I think of like Catholicism in Rome itself, it's like the Jupiterian Catholicism. It is the opulence, the golden palace, the, you know, the the Pope is a uh, terrifying king covered in silk. Um, but, you know, there's still, I think, at the same time, there is that sort of deeply Saturnine, like ascetic vein going through Catholicism. You know, the saints throwing all their possessions into the streets and then, and then wandering in the woods and suffering for, sometimes it just seems like for the hell of it. Uh, which is always fun, uh, but like, <laughs> yeah, did you, you ever read a uh, uh, Saint uh, Ignatius of Loyola's autobiography? No, is it fun? I mean, he self-flagellates a lot, literally. I like... mean, who doesn't? Oh, okay. <laughs> he's like constantly talking about beating himself for all his sins. <laughs> That's dear diary. <laughs> Today I picked the nine of cattails and uh, really went at it because I lusted after uh, Sister Augustine today. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, it's it's funny because one of the the um, bits of the golden legend that I really, you know, grabbed onto was, uh, I, I feel like it was St. Juvenile, maybe was his name, which is already very funny. Uh, but there's a story of him wandering around with like a huge sack on his back and someone asked him like what's going on there and he goes oh well right now the devil is copying me and everything i do he does so i'm doing something unpleasant and like it's just like i love the spite but i guess that's not the same but i guess so so i sorry. love that it's very juvenile but like definitely online with something i would do if i wasn't pro devil now <laughs> Ooh, wait when did you become pro devil tell me about being pro devil i was going to ask about catholicism but this is way more fun I can answer both. <laughs> Pro-devil, I guess that just started happening once I realized that the devil was the ultimate monotheist. As in, the devil would not bow to Adam and Eve because one only bows to the all-being. Why would you sacrifice your sense of self for anyone else? I think the mistake that we all make is that we try to sacrifice our sense of self for the other. When the only thing we should ever sacrifice our own sense of self for is the the urgings of the all being to do better or to be better. I love that. Also, it sounds a lot like, um, was it the Yazidis, I think, have sort of a similar conception. It is. It is exactly from the Yazidis that I got this idea. Okay, incredible. <laughs> yes, love them. Liberation uh, to all of them. <laughs> hell yeah. So Catholicism, <laughs> do you actually, because you also studied, you studied yoga. Yes. And you studied Buddhism in, in Japan. So 
is there like a Saturnine through line through all that for you? Is there sort of, was this all the road to, to, to Mr. Capricorn or, or is that just sort of like a fun, you know, the side quest that kind of teaches you the skill sets and then suddenly there's Saturn at the door. Um, I think it, some of it was definitely a quest here. Like my journey through Buddhism was super important because I am an analytical philosopher and Buddhist is analytic philosophy or Buddhism is analytic philosophy. Uh, it utilizes philosophy of language, uh, logic, like the, I wrote my thesis on the fourfold negation uh, principle, which like Nagarjuna uses to basically break down how there is no real reality and everything is empty, including myself, like the universe. And it's like emptiness, Emptiness is in it's empty of any inherent meaning. Like the way that I perceive it is not the real reality and therefore my, my perception is empty, right? And that was a part of my Saturn journey because I've always been as a Saturn person willing to say no to myself, willing to destroy myself in order to achieve some sort of higher higher sense of being or transcendence or something. And maybe that's a part of having Saturn in the ninth house. But eventually I reached a point where I was like, you cannot get rid of suffering. Like if the whole Buddhist premise is everything is suffering and we don't want to suffer anymore. So annihilate the ego and uh, then you can see suffering. And I'm like, okay, that's one path to God for sure. I'm not denying that. I truly believe that it works, right? However, if you're the type of person who is naturally more inclined to aligning yourself with the Lord of the flesh, what you're saying is, I don't want to accept that this world is an empty illusion. I don't want to accept that there's no purpose or meaning to this and that the only solution is to meditate for hours until I stop desiring things you know I want to to eat of the flesh I want to drink of the soma and I want to dance and I want to celebrate this reality that I have been given and if a part of that is me having to accept that I am going to suffer so be it then I will dance in the suffering because it'll be, you know, maybe that's a part of what I want in order for me to, to love God. If I claim so much, I love God. I love the all being so much. I want to be a real monotheist, you know, worship the monad, like fuck Zeus, fuck Yahweh, fuck whoever, monad all the way. And that means loving everything. That means loving pain. That means loving suffering. That means loving the people who I hate and loving myself for hating them instead of feeling guilty about it. You know what I mean? That is, I the totality of that is so perfect and wonderful. And I, I respect the hell out of the bravery that that takes, honestly. <laughs> um, it's not always not, fun. <laughs> doesn't sound like it would be a lot of the time. But then again, Saturn does still have the pan side, right? There is still the bit that's like, no, no, we can, I we can have a 
always forget that. They always leave that out when I hear people talk about Saturn. And I'm like, why? Why would you just assume he wants you to say, I deserve nothing? To me, that's an unhappy Saturn. Yeah. Where do you where do you think that comes from? Because I because for me, I feel like it's sort of this this association of Saturn with specifically kind of like a Protestant capitalist kind of mindset, right? Which feels like an anachronism and also just wrong, but like- Sure. Well, I was gonna actually say that I tie it to Catholicism. I don't, I do not know as much about Protestant or Baptist beliefs, so I cannot comment on that. It probably is just Christian as a whole. But basically, we should all just accept at this point that even if we want, we're in a post-Nietzschean society, as in most people believe, you know, God is dead or whatever, Western civilization's entire standard of ethics is built off the back of Catholicism. And that means fuck the flesh. Fuck the flesh is what Christians believe. Yeah. They. That's why St. Ignatius of Loyola is like, I have to beat myself with the cat of nine because I have to, like, remember that the flesh is bad. You know, Satan, Satan, get behind me, Satan. I'm over here, like, I want to dance with Satan, you know? I want to love my flesh. I don't want to beat myself up for being born into this body anymore. Yeah. I do think it's a Christian mentality, even if people are not so willing to accept that yeah and actually speaking of the flesh one of the sort of roles i feel like saturn has in certain conceptions is that he is sort of that boundary between the flesh and the spirit to some extent mm -hmm. right like you know um the sort of neoplatonist kind of view of like you know it's it's saturn who decides if your your soul is able to go back to the monad or not the bouncer at the edge of the universe so like do you do you inhabit do you feel like that kind of, do you try to inhabit that kind of intermediary space, right? Like, is it a question of going up and like back and forth across the fence that is Saturn? Or is it about straddling the fence and kind of like riding in that liminal zone? I know that word gets overused a lot, but like, is there yeah, a liminal Saturn? There is, Hecate. Mm. Like I've been thinking about Hecate this whole time that you've been asking this question because she's also an Angelos. And she was the anima sola in the Chaldean oracles. So she was like the one that purified your soul, right? But she's Saturn. She's Saturn before she is the moon. People forget that. And that's one thing Jack Grail brings up in his Hecate stuff is that like, if you go far enough back, there are no moon associations with her that comes later. I still think of her as lunar as well, of course. But yeah, there is that aspect of Saturn. He does he or she, you know, does work as an intermediary between those spaces. But for me personally, what I have learned from my spirits, I think this is like another thing that I should say, like Saturn who? Saturn is an intelligence. You know, if we're thinking like from an Agrippa perspective, I don't work with a deity named Saturn. Mm. Uh, when I say Saturn, I'm talking about the pulsating energy of that planet the intelligence of that, that energy and there are different spirits that i think embody that like the devil like hecate and so those are the spirits that i work with 
although to me, it's all Saturn, you know, when I do a Saturn astrological ritual, I'm calling on the planetary intelligence, not a deity, uh, not a spirit, or I guess you could say that the intelligences or the geniuses are spirits. I mean, I guess it depends on your classification there, but um but you don't yeah i i just it depends yeah i think it's a wibbly wobbly it both is and it isn't a spirit it's something beyond what we normally would think of as spirits and it's more all-encompassing it's like hecate is a titan saturn is the farthest planet saturn is a titan you know yeah so so yeah i don't know because when i work with venus i work with venus like, yes, that is Venus, the goddess Venus. But with Saturn, it's something more alien almost. And it's oh. easier to put a, to work with a spirit under that intelligence or who encompasses that intelligence rather than the the great father directly. <laughs> right. Which actually, I mean, it's funny because I was reading about Saturnalia not too long ago for obvious reasons, uh, given the calendar that we're on um and like the idea that there's this sort of notion that the the sacrifice of human heads was eventually replaced with the giving of masks right and so like that I, <laughs> that saturnine quality of being the mask with nothing behind it yes um which i would always think of as being mercurial but it is a bit patrick bateman i suppose actually i feel like we should get into mechanics because i love mechanics they're my favorite okay uh i mean not i mean individual mechanics are fine i, I realize i've just made it sound like i'm uh, in favor of a trade union and that's good everyone should be in one but when you do some kind of Saturnine magic, what are you doing? Like, what's what's happening? Is it mostly because it seems like it's a, a largely contemplative practice when you when you describe it? But maybe I'm I just haven't knocked on the right door. Is it is it is there a lot of ritual stuff going on? Yeah, I mean Saturn. Saturn is everything in my practice. It's the founding stone of my practice even to the extent that like the spirits in my court not all of them but the most prominent ones are saturnal so when you're say, saying things like some of this sounds really like meditative yeah that's because I do a lot of meditation with my spirits and if it happens to be a saturnal spirit then those are the things we're talking about together you know and I do a lot of that. That makes up actually a majority, like when people are like daily practice. Yeah. I'm not a ceremonial magician. I know people make that assumption about me a lot. I'm not. So I'm not doing like a golden dawn daily practice. Like my daily practice is meditating and trying to have a conversation with these spirits. Okay. So that happens every day. But it, like I said, like, it depends. Am I making, am I doing something that involves the planet and not my Saturnal spirits? Like I'm using an astrological election to put the energy of Saturn in a, in an object or, or blanket it over a project in time. Like my podcast, for example, is a ritual to Saturn, which is, there's both like positives and negatives to that but I basically did what you would probably consider a standard ritual like I my candles I drew my chimeras my like planetary sigil 
candles and I, I said his prayer three times at the specific time that a, a very talented electional astrologer gave me, you know, and it was the same moment that I pressed publish on the very first episode. And, but now it's all very practical, very work-based. So it's just like, I have to do three seasons and they have to be 18 episodes long because that's a Saturn number. And then um, it has to be every two weeks. Every two weeks. Too late for that. Every two weeks on Saturday at his hour. And I cannot miss it. Like, I have to. But I get a three-month break in between each season. So I do. I did give myself a rest period. But yeah, so there's like a, a purpose behind that is to heal a lot of the negative. It's like basically a saturnal remediation. Like if I do this in your name and I do it under like your guidelines, which he likes longer things, you want to do a ritual for Saturn? Don't just do it one day. Do it at least three days. Do it every day for three freaking weeks you know the more you do it the more he's gonna be like yes okay you understand who I'm about yes <laughs> so and then so my my ideal end result is that I feel less um parched with my Saturn sitting directly on top of my moon there's a mm. lot of weight over like the wellspring of my emotional enjoyment in life <laughs> and a part of that is because I'm very hard on myself because I don't believe in myself because I don't think that anybody wants to hear what I have to say because I don't believe that that there's any um ability for me to be successful this is the negative of having of being Saturn ruled there there's no such thing as being a Saturn ruled person and just having that like blind audacity or that like blind confidence you see in Jupiter people yeah. and we can't force ourselves to do that either we cannot just say oh just believe in yourself you know we have we can, only thing that Saturn people can do is show themselves because that's the only thing that Saturn appreciates so when you put in the work and you show yourself I can do this it's not that scary some people are going to hate it some people are going to love it I didn't super succeed but I didn't fail either and that's okay then that's healing Saturn like to me that's Saturn remediation so that makes perfect I love that right because like Saturn is so much about the idea of making the idea into flesh mm -hmm. right so it's not real until mm -hmm. you made it re the reality is the thing you perceive once it's already occurred you cannot project exactly. in the future as I, uh, you know some people believe that you have to have that 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 confidence and they tell themselves all the time like um why can't I be more like my friend who just like has all that confidence but it's like you may never have that confidence but just go ahead and press play anyway because it's not gonna fucking kill you hopefully I mean that would be a fun horror movie <laughs> Just podcasters getting killed um, by pressing pressing by, publish by pressing publish yeah um, SoundCloud mustard gas or something but uh, this is yeah I wonder if this is because I'm like you know 
I'm actually not ruled by Saturn. I just have Saturn basically all the way down, except for the thing at the top there a little bit. But like, and I wonder if this is why I'm so inherently hostile to CBT, because it just seems like such a, a such a way of being like, oh, you're just thinking bad thoughts. Have you tried not yeah. doing that? Yeah. Have you tried getting mad at yourself if you can't change your brain? Have you tried that? You should try that. So I want to ask you about, about especially because the idea of like the things going, becoming flesh and, and maybe not again, you know, the sort of... Uh, uh kether to malkuth kind of deal mm -hmm. and about cabal at some point but i feel like i would be a bad person why am i putting that in the conditional i always feel that about myself but i feel like i should i'm not saturn but i always feel bad <laughs> yeah well you know I'm about also, myself i'm also from new england so who knows i'm i'm not even from like i'm not even from like the the overly confident mark Wahlberg part of new england i'm from the going insane <laughs> in your house part of new england so that's that's always good but people have sent in questions and I want to put oh. them to you as a, as a uh, service wow. to the community. So are you prepared? I'm as prepared as I'll ever be. <laughs> Incredible. Great work. Okay. Our first question is how are both of you such special people whom I adore so completely? Um, do you want to answer that or? Um, no comment. No comment. Wow. Okay. No, I mean, I think I know who sent that and I love them too. I just, uh, I don't take compliments very well. That's that's uh, uh, normal, I think. Um, uh, if Saturn, this is if Saturn was a physical being, a companion of sorts, what would they look like? Heart emoji, kissy face emoji. <laughs> uh, they would have like very much like they would be large, like maybe. You know, I would say overweight, but like big build, you know, mm. kind of whale-like, you know, muscular, majestic. I would say. Interesting. Because I feel like all the art's always like, it's Saturn, the string bean farmer guy who, you know, it's it's Jack Skellington kind of. You know, oh tall. yeah, everybody always thinks of him as emaciated, which I guess makes sense. I mean, look at me. I look pretty emaciated. People always look like they're planetary ruler they say mm. but again like that's him as the aesthetic aesthetic right. you know okay i think of him as like a hairy animal man that's Incredible. just me <laughs> well no that is there's also the wild man right or the, yes. the natural man i feel like i'm getting confused because i'm doing enlightenment philosophy and not the 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 what is he called the guy mr nature guy who are you talking about? I don't know. I don't, I feel like there's a vein. Actually, I tried looking this up uh, before the interview. It's like, I should ask Michaela about this and I couldn't find anything. So I'm wondering if I'm just misremembering, uh, which is very possible because I'm not very smart. Um, so that's not true, Cooper. That's okay. We don't need to talk. We don't need to. I, I no. shouldn't have done something. Cooper's like, no compliments for me either, please. This well, is cutting a Saturn this. episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I'm trying to find one other instance of me asking for questions in a different context, and now it's all buried in the group chat. This is terrible. Okay, I might text you something later. So, Kabbalah. That's not a question, uh, but it's going to become one soon. I feel like my sense, having watched you at a distance, like a man standing outside the window, is that, that's just what the internet feels like. Is, is it that, does feel like that, though, you're right. Uh, is that why don't they invite me inside to their dinner? I don't understand. They don't, don't they see me viewing things? Is that Kabbalah is like new ish? 
as a as a topic of study or like a new enthusiasm ish and i'm talking in the saturnine scale of like the last five years let's say for me yeah oh yeah oh, i like that you picked up on that a lot of people were like immediately assuming that i was some expert on kabbalah you seem to have a lot of expertise like it's i think it's because you seem you you project a sense of being careful one um, should be careful when they talk about the theology or metaphysics, but that's my Buddhist training, right? What does the Buddha say about metaphysics? He says, it's stupid. Why are you <laughs> studying it? To which I reply, I know. Oh, I know. We can't prove shit. But this is fun for me, guy. So leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think accepting, you know, if, if there's a Saturnine archetype that I want to accept, it is that of the clown. Um, me too. Because I'm, you know, just a goofy little guy is all I... Well, Former circus performer is all I'm saying. I mean, this got me... That, you know, that's what tinkled the little bell in my <laughs> head. Uh, you know, all those years ago when we first started talking. Um, so, but yeah. So it seems like Kabbalah's new. And I mean, Saturn happened before almost, it would seem for you. So is is that... Because like that whole idea of like going up and down the tree and correct me of course i don't really know much about kabbalah so i feel like i might be completely wrong even in that very broad assessment but like does saturn play a big role for you in that or the saturnine spirits that you are are having the conversations with or just the idea you know the thing about it is this saturn rules the dead right mm. like hecate is the psychopomp even the devil right rules the underworld right yeah. And in that way, I would say that ancestral practice is obviously Saturnal. And my ancestors are Jewish. Like, that's just what it is. So for me, Kabbalah and the study of Kabbalah was incredibly Saturnal in that it was an ancestral practice. But you also... I want to say that you only met me like a year before my Saturn return started. Yeah. I did start studying Kabbalah a good three years before my Saturn return started. Ironically, right when my Sati Sati started, because <laughs> I'm having them both at the same time. Go me. Well, that's, you know, it's just more efficient that way. That's what I said. I get them both out of the way. Then I get all this time like alone from Saturn for a while. Then we get extra personal again. It's fine. But okay. So you, you, so, yeah. Saturn in the ninth, the implication there is like you are going to have some sort of religious, you know, you're going to have some sort of change in your metaphysics or your philosophy or your theology of how you view the world and so actually I no longer really consider myself a Kabbalist I love Kabbalah I still study it I think it's a great foundation I use it as a lexicon probably more than I should because it makes people think I'm still utilizing it in the same way that I did before my return but no it's not I have to forge my own path mm. and following the path of my ancestors that's their path 
and it's beautiful. And I, I'm, I'm very blessed that they, they were willing to help me learn that system. I really attribute my efficiency at understanding Kabbalah to my ancestors and my teachers, of course, but still, you know, I, this is going to be a controversial thing to say. Yeah. But I think you have to actually accept the Torah to be a true Kabbalist. You have to actually accept the Jewish God. I don't really, I mean, this can be a conversation for another time. And I have over an hour's worth of commentary on the nuance of like, I do understand Kabbalah with a Q. And how do you remove it from Golden Dawn and from OTO? Okay, fine. I accept that. But Kabbalah with a K, like real Kabbalah, if you don't believe that the Torah is the literal word of God, why use it? I don't get it. Because all of the authority for everything that the every stake of authority of why they say this, that, and the other is all from Torah. So if you don't believe in the Torah... Or if you don't believe the Torah is like an infallible word of God, how can you accept their logic of one-to-one from this, that, to the other? Because it's all founded in Torah. I'm not Jewish. I don't want to convert. I was raised Catholic. So like, there's even, even though my ancestors are Jewish, I was never raised Jewish. Right. You know, I never had a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. I don't even know which one is for girls. I think it's bot. Yeah, I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So that's I, I love Kabbalah. I think it's a beautiful system. And I think I I am still extremely interested in the early Hebrew traditions, like during the biblical period. But I actually care about that more than I do about being a practicing Kabbalist, if I were to be real. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Like, especially like, I I think it's hard for people in magical communities sometimes to accept the idea of like, maybe this one's just not for me, or maybe I'm not yeah. willing to to do, there's something I could do, but I'm not willing to do that. And that's, that's fine. So if you feel like, so like you were mentioning the idea that there was this big conversion moment sort of fated in that ninth house. So was it, what is, where, where have you ended up? What, what, where does it feel like you don't need to put a label on it necessarily, but like, is it just the Saturn connection or do you, are you still figuring that you don't need to have an answer, right? But no, like, I mean, I just, I had a really, I had a really eloquent way of putting it that I thought of the other day, but I didn't write it down. So now I don't remember devil worshiper. Cool. Okay. I didn't use, like, I used to be very much like, what the fuck? No, I'm an angel all the way. Like, I worship the all-being, obviously, no devil, please. And now I'm like, he's the best, just the best, you know? So that's new, that came about. And of course, I do attribute that to Saturn. Oh, hey. If you're hearing the sound of my voice saying these words, it means you're listening to an abridged version of this episode. If you want to hear the full version of this episode, where Michaela gets into more detail about working with the devil, venerating the devil, worshipping the devil, and who that devil is, and also gets into other fun stuff, head on over to patreon.com slash witchhassle 
and join at the $5 a month tier. It's not a lot of money, but it supports the program and it gets you access to the full version of this episode and the full version of a bunch of other episodes. I don't know if you were here for The Last Witch Hassle. I talked to Charles Porterfield for four hours. And that's all up there on the Patreon. Whole bunch of other full versions. It's good stuff. But that's enough jabber-jawing from me. Here's the end of the interview. Keep your stick on the ice, kiddos. Well, I mean, there's so much to... We'll never cover. We can do five more of these at some point. Um, which actually would be kind of very Saturnine of us to do. To just keep oh, doing yes, this again and go. again and again. But as we're, as we're bringing down the boundary on the end of the interview, is there any advice you want to give to people either about magic generally or about life or about Saturn in particular? I don't want to, like, hem you in. But, like... Yeah, I have Saturn advice. Uh, especially because... <laughs> I mean, we should all take this advice. You're always going to be going through different Saturn transits. Uh, you know, if it's making a sextile or an opposition or a trine or whatever the fuck, it's not going to be as intense as the conjunction. But this is good for anyone to know, but especially because Saturn is about to ingress into Pisces. And I have been getting a lot of my Saturn and Pisces friends be like, oh my God, my Saturn return is coming. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Okay. This is my advice for yeah. all people who are really scared about their Saturn and Pisces Saturn return. Humility. First of all, read the greatness of Saturn. Read that Geotish myth. It, it will help you. It will. The biggest thing is to be humble. Okay. This was my takeaway that has saved me so many times through my current Sati Sati Saturn return. Mm. In the myth, this guy is just like completely dealt bad hands left and right. And through no fault of his own, really. Just bad things keep happening to him. People make wrong assumptions. They accuse him of things he didn't do. Long story short, he basically gets all of his limbs removed. They chop off all four of his limbs he's a quadriplegic and they just kind of like tie him to a stump where he is like beholden to only the kindness of strangers to like feed him this guy just remains like completely humble the whole time and at the end of the Saudi sati the people who had accused him of this theft and the the king who had sentenced him to to having all his limbs removed they both are like, we are so sorry. We did not know. We we truly thought we were, you know, doing the right thing with the information that we were given. Oh, could you ever please forgive us? And the guy says, there's nothing to forgive. This was all Saturn teaching me this lesson of how to be humble, how to be grateful for impermanence, how to be grateful for the good things that I have because they are impermanent, mm. you know? And just that to me has been the biggest relief. Uh, Like had a horrible, horrible friend betrayal. I, uh, where my Saturn is, I uh, is in the middle so I was hit four different times because of the retrograding. Um, so I actually was steamrolled by him four different times over the past two and a half years. And the first one was just this absolutely gutting friend betrayal. 
And of course, my initial response is fuck that bitch, right? How dare she spread all these lies about me? How dare she, you know, try to accuse me of things I didn't do, you know, paint me as this person I'm not, try to get me stoned from by the community, you know, what, whatever. You know, lying about the crimes I committed, tying me to the tree. Yes. And I realized, oh my God, the story is literally playing out for me right now. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to be mad at her. I'm going to say, thank you. There's something that I'm supposed to be learning here. And you know what? I learned, I'm not going to, I would have to explain everything to explain what I learned, but I am a better person now because of the things that I learned. Mm. By just saying, I accept that this has happened and I'm not going to attack her. I'm not going to blame her. I'm not going to sit here and fester in my wounds. I'm just going to say, if Saturn really just wants me to love myself, why did this happen? What about this was meant to help me learn how to carry the weight, Mm. how to love myself despite the weight, Mm. you know? how to see this as a boon. And that goes back to, you were saying people will overly try to make sense of Saturn by trying to put meaning into their suffering. And should we be, should we be, you know, saying things like suffering is holy? As long as you give it permission to be impermanent, just like everything else, yes. Ah. I learned something from that experience. Should I stay stuck in that pain? No, that is not me suffering better. But for the moments that I was hurt by it, I let myself be hurt until it just passed. And I didn't grasp at it. I just tried to stay humble. And every time I found myself getting mad at her, I would just say, thank you, Saturn. Because that was what the guy did in the book. You let your suffering go as well. The mark of all gifts is transience. Yeah. It was is... not easy, but that's my advice. Like, it Yeah, it helped. doesn't sound easy. <laughs> Saturn's not easy. Yeah. Um, it's more fun of its work, uh, I believe. Was supposed to be the tagline of this show, <laughs> and that I don't think I've said it once this entire time. But Especially... it's true. It is true, yeah. Going into 2023, the new tagline is labor is entitled to all it manifests. And we'll see if that <laughs> if that works. That was great advice. Thank you. And You're thank welcome. you for this. This has been really lovely. If, yeah, this if, was great. So like, I feel like the obvious stuff, if people want to know more about you and check you out, like they should go to the Saturn Vox podcast now in its second season. They should go to your website, which I assume is SaturnVox.com. I have to actually look that up. That is what it is. Yeah, you were you assumed right. Hell yes. And of course, you're on Twitter. You're on Instagram. Um, but I think your Twitter is like at Michaela. I'll have links to everything, but I think it's like at Michaela Ann, right? Well, it's still at Saturn Vox, oh, okay. but it just, it, it Twitter does this weird thing where it uses your name as your display screen, not your username. Right, I don't know why. right. I am technically lying with my name on there, which I think if there was any kind of oversight at that company currently, that might be a problem eventually. Oversight. But... No one's got their hand at the wheel at the moment. So I think it's it fine. went down for like an hour yesterday and I was like, it's over. <laughs> and then it came back and I was sad. I wanted it to die. It, it's time. It I is think time. it's time. Everything has to die. One, I was going to say, 
So on my website, obviously I do tarot readings, but one of the readings that I specifically offer is Saturn readings. Mm. So if people are interested, they're worried about their Saturn return, if they're just like a Saturn ruled person and they want to know more about what it is Saturn wants from them. I know I sounded very much like I'm an astrologer on this podcast. I'm uh, not. Uh, I use astrology magically, but I'm not who you should go to for a delineation of your birth chart. But what I can do is use my deck that I use, I use to talk to Saturn and we can ask him what it is he, he wants you to know. And so it's, it is actually a tarot reading, but it is to ascertain what it is Saturn is trying to teach you in that moment. So if that's something you're interested in, you can purchase that on my website. Sounds cool as hell. Hey, Pisces and Saturn. Now's the time. Now's definitely the time. Yes, very true. Now and, is the time. And whoever comes after Pisces, I assume is also the time for, I don't, I should, yeah, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about astrology, which is a terrible gap. Your astrology posts on Twitter give me life. <laughs> They're so funny. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Well, Michaela Ann, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cooper. Thank you so much to Michaela Ann, the Saturn Vox, for coming onto the program. I will have links in the show notes to where you can learn more about her and the things they are doing. Thank you so much for listening to Witch Hassle. If you like the show, if you want to support the show, if you want to listen to the full version of this episode and other episodes, if you're not already on the Patreon, uh, go over to witchhassle.com slash Patreon. Actually, the opposite of that. Go on to patreon.com slash witchhassle. That's fun. As always, our theme music was performed by Sebastian Bafistam and recorded by Edfoot Lee. Good luck with the work ahead. And in keeping with that thing I said, you know, labor is entitled to all manifests. Nah, I don't like that. I'm gonna scrap that. The beginning and the end of that tagline.